0: I've never done whole parts. take little tiny pieces. There won't
1: even be a scar. I think I found the problem. Oh, come on, you're the doctor. Everyone lights out and quiet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Media Morb, where movies come to be examined. I am uh, Coleman Domingo's child, and I'm joined by uh, my fellow surgeons of cinema.
2: I am a movie censor working for the MPAA. Yeah.
3: I am Jeremy O'Harris, the award-winning playwright of Slave Play and now Zola.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and our good friend of the show returning for this episode.
4: Uh, I am Taylor Page twerking uh, on stage. That's yes. Awesome. <laughs> Danielle's back. Um,
1: <laughs> thanks for, thanks for uh, hopping in with us here. So um, of course, as you guys know, uh, we review two movies an episode. This episode is going to be a little different though because both should, the films. Should we were
2: say at what at. happened to Zach? Our, oh,
1: Zach was, Zach, was, Zach, leave, was uh, erased by Zach the time. Zach died. <laughs> Zach
2: died on the way to an audition. <laughs> uh,
3: he, he was actually he was pruned. He was a variant on the timeline.
1: Zach has uh, yeah has, has disappeared under mysterious circumstances. No, but uh uh it's a busy guy and uh, sometimes you know we gotta we gotta make allowances. Luckily, Danielle was in town, so we still have a, a, a quorum. Um, and, uh, yeah, today we're talking about two movies that are actually both out now. Uh, one nice. of them, the first, will be Zola, which is directed by Janiska Bravo. Bravo, thank mm-hmm. you. We uh, are and so
2: current on this show. Yes, sir. Two female directors this week.
1: Absolutely. And the second one, Danny's personal pick, is Sensor, which was directed by, I don't remember the name of
2: that. Director. I don't either. Cool. So.
4: It starts with a P.
3: She's a woman.
1: Let's, let me pull it up, and then we'll edit it into it. There her. you go. <laughs> With like a robot voice a text speech
4: Because <laughs> this just Would not be right
1: Prano Bailey Bond Released this year In 2021 It's out in theaters Still now For I think A couple days So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be getting Into that for the For the
2: second portion
1: But of course Before we have The reviews We have the news So uh, yeah What are we talking About today folks uh, Danny I think you uh...
2: Listen uh, Criterion's doing Some cool shit <laughs> Alright yeah. They're sick of these Little soy boy Wes Anderson's And then French New Wave fucks <laughs> They got They got some Safty. In the collection now, okay. Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta give them the respect that you deserve. I, I I I love that Uncut Gems was the first. Is that the first... 824? I don't know. I, I, yeah, it
3: is. No, it is. Is, is Moonlight it is. not in the Criterion? It's not. Oh, it's not, because it's not. they have three movies by black directors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I really did think Moonlight was in the cr- Criterion Collection. Um, that's
2: that's why this is like a big deal. I never thought in A24... because A20, one? A24 is very exclusive with like, their rights and stuff. Yeah. I never thought that they would give something to Janus Films, which... Is the corporation behind yes. Criterion? How long uh, until
3: How long until Gerwig gets like a, uh, I think it's, it's Francis actor.
2: Francis is in there.
3: Francis Haas is in it's there. Oh, isn't Marriage Story? Yeah,
2: no, Marriage Story is not. A24. Marriage Story
3: is in the is collection. Not, like. Meyerowitz is is the the one with. It's not in the collection. It's, not. In
2: A24 it's, no, it's just, not. It's not in oh the my Criterion gosh. collection. Gosh, yeah. because I don't know if Josh Safdie finagled something or if A twenty four and Janice films are now in this agreement. If so, I want to see Good Time in there. I want to um, see Good
3: Time as well, but Uncut Gems, I mean, and we love Uncut Gems on yeah, the show. Uh, I've seen Uncut Gems like five times. Uh, I'm embarrassed I've to probably say probably seen it more. Oh, wow! Well. <laughs> um, I am no, wearing a no, no. Alera hat. Uh, Uncut of Gems is like, I, honestly, and I, and I know we talk about A24 a lot, but I think it, Uncut Gems pierced the culture in a way that I think other A24 movies did not. Like, I think Uncut Gems, I knew people like my dad and people that weren't into movies talking about yeah. The Cut Gems, yeah. and they were just like... It's because of Adam Sandler. It's because Adam Sandler. Mm. It's because it's about uh, basketball. I mean,
2: it's also like a New York movie. It's yeah. like so New That's York, true. the I same just, like, and, and good and time.
1: specific period. But I just think like Adam Sandler with his reputation as an actor, like anytime right. you think you see him doing something different, you're gonna yeah. watch, and then you, you remember that he's really good. Yeah. But he's, mm-hmm. you know, he slums it his, his performance. His, his performance. It's a
4: fake, like, the fact that he was able to understand how horny this guy was. <laughs> <for gambling. laughs> but there's this, like, moment where he, like, wins something, and it's like he's orgasming. I'm gonna in the come. Back Holy of shit, of the... I'm gonna come. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they when, they well, his well, eyes, well right?
2: it's when he first opens up the opal, and he takes yes. it out of the cod that they ship it yeah. in. He looks into it, and they shrink his eyes at the CG when he says, Holy shit, I'm gonna come. And he sees so the cosmos inside of the opal. It, what's wild
3: about that performance is that he's it's almost like he's doing another character like the characters he'd do in the 90s but it's like if he kind took of, it yeah. deathly seriously yeah. yeah. if, yeah. if, <laughs> if, 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 if Billy
2: Madison had a gambling addiction and, and uh, he was cheating on his wife and My
3: my favorite bit in the whole movie is when he's walking with that. It's like in the last act, he's like walking the street, and the guy's like, "Hello," and he's like, "Oh, you're a Jew again!
1: Congratulations!" (laughs) Oh
3: my God!
2: What a a good movie! It's it's a
1: it's a very lively movie. It's also very stressful, which is why I Mm don't understand how Wes is comforted by it.
2: Oh, Um, it's it's a I'm comforted by it because it's so eccentric. Like every character is so eccentric. That character uh, Wayne Diamond is that his name Wayne Diamond? He's a real guy, and, and in the movie, the name of his character is just so he's playing himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's a very eccentric, like fashion designer. Mm-hmm. I think he just he, like if you go on his Instagram, he acts exactly like mm-hmm. he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. So every because they don't use like actor actors most of the time; mm-hmm. they use people they find on the street. Yeah, yeah. the guy in the casino who, yes. who Julie Fox is talking to, Josh Safdie met the night before, uh, the night wow. before the shoot. He was just down there at the the places where people gamble. Just struck up a conversation with the guy and was like we're making a feature film do you want to be in a scene tomorrow and that's like how they cast
3: I I find it comforting and I've told Danielle like at least three times in our friendship Mm -hmm. that I'm like I'm going to watch Uncut Gems tonight (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I watch
4: it. Yeah. Um, more it, than three
3: times. It's been a lot. I'm very, uh, I'm very comforting. But it, good I, time. I'm, I'm I'm very good time the, the is like music, a
2: warm. The music, the music in both the, is very good time comforting. is like a warm
3: hug the because I know I know Robert Pattinson is gonna figure it out. Like like mm. he's he's much more on the ball than Adam Sandler's character. He doesn't character. though. He doesn't, but he doesn't. But Adam that. Sandler, you're always he's always teetering right on the edge of falling into the right, oblivion, right. and, and right. Robert Pattinson's like, I got it. No problem. I got it. <laughs> and he just- His confidence makes you
2: feel. Well, well, yeah, yeah. well, who gets a worse fate? Because Howard uh, is is on. Well, he's on like the peak. He like just just hit the biggest bet of his life and he dies happy but Robert Pattinson's gonna spend like life in jail
3: I think Robert Pattinson's gonna worm his way out for
2: of it for grand larceny and, and child uh, endangerment and molestation you know oh, he does molest right. that child um, that is a bummer he, he risks being a sex offender in order to stay in her house for a yeah. couple more hours and figure stuff out he's a hu- it's a huge bummer um, uh, so I think Pattinson had the worst he fate probably did, of yeah. the yeah. two but I, and I, he's going to Rikers <laughs> like, like it's not like the yeah. girl from uh, Heaven Knows What didn't really get it uh, easy either. Or but maybe
1: he's going to Blackgate, am I right? Uh, that man. A bad uh, I was going to ask you, Wes, by way of transitioning. Um, and I know, Danny, you've researched this a bit too, but what's this about A24
2: being bought
3: now? So, apparently, uh, the article I saw, and Danny, you can add what you saw. Uh, I a- saw Disney. A24. Saw I, A24? I, I've heard about Disney. I saw the article for Apple. Apparently, A24 is up to be bought by a major yeah. movie, movie digital studio. Uh, I saw Apple for $3 billion, and Apple seems to be the way that they would go uh, because they already have a deal with Apple. Uh, a lot of their docs are already being put onto Apple instead of, of movie theaters like Boy State. Um, I,
2: I would like for them to remain completely independent, but here's the thing. If, if the founders just aren't up for it anymore and they have to sell it to someone, please anyone but Disney. The idea of Disney getting it is really funny cuz like disney owning star disney owning star wars and then owning like the lobster disney owning disney owning um popular entertainment disney owning captain america captain america and then the killing of a sacred deer like it's just it's really fucking funny like i was laughing like seeing that but but you know for the indie soul of that studio I, I do hope it's not uh, disney
3: i, I I'm, I'm interested in what you think about this danielle but i i wonder what mm-hmm. this means for the future of of the movie industry and not to get like glum about it but
2: there's a it, lot to be cynical about but
3: in school i mean a lot of the way at school they train you is that they want you to get with an indie studio yeah. like the, yeah. that's 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 the, that's the training is that they're like hey we Pitching want you to, movies, yeah. e- but i mean even like i was i was uh I was given an interview for a job at an indie studio because that's where they want you to go. Right. Like, they, they yeah. want you to go to Neon, A24, mm-hmm. Annapurna. Neon's like, great. and that's where they want you to sell your movies to. But if one of those jacks on the board is taken off and it's no longer, it's it's kind of Mirama, the way Miramax was bought by Disney, yeah, 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 yeah. no I longer mean. really an indie studio. Like, what mm-hmm. is left? You know what I mean? I don't know.
4: Um, I just, I remember when I was in undergrad at Northwestern, Jeff Stewart was like, this is how much money is in Hollywood. He, like, stretched his hands across. Mm. And he went, this is how much Disney, like, superhero movies have. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. a huge chunk. And then he's like, this is how much the rest of us have. Mm-hmm. And he, like, pinched his fingers mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very dark moment. And I think that's only getting worse if yeah. Yeah. some of these bigger companies are just absorbing each other. Yeah. Which is, like, Ameri- like, corporate America in general is just, like, we don't realize that it's just like these huge conglomerates like yeah. somehow circumventing laws by just eating each other up it, and yeah. our industries getting well, well, it's, the it's, fuck up. It yeah. seems
2: like the only way to really like make a successful indie movie now is is Somewhat in part due to like nepotism and stuff. Cause, well, like, it's like, always l- has been, Le- yeah. Le- Lena Dunham, for example, was seen as this like indie darling mm-hmm. when she made that movie Tiny Furniture. But like her, her parents are famous people. Uh, yeah. you but know? And, and, and along with and people s- just saw her as like an, an indie wonder, and like right. she I mean, wasn't. She what was, I, was in the system. What already. I love
3: about what you're saying, though, Dan, is it's true, and I think there's a lie. I remember early in my time at, at school, and someone said one of the the people guests that had come in said essentially. In terms of like catching people that are fresh talent, they were like it. it actually is those corporations that are actually mm-hmm. leeching for fresh talent yes. that don't have connections. That's why you see like Chloe Zhao is a Born bad and example. In LA. That's why you see a Chloe yeah. Zhao is a bad example because it's it's actually she, she's actually very wealthy. Uh, but 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 like they'll they'll pull mm-hmm. people that are connectionless or connectionless mm-hmm. for Hollywood that don't have a rich parent to do a Marvel movie, to do a Star Wars movie. They were, and he was like, that's how you get more quote unquote diversity. But he's like mm-hmm. places like A twenty four. Are very white because indie studios go with kids of famous people. Like that's how it goes. Like like right. Possessor is Cronenberg's kid. Cronenberg's kid. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it they they can't afford to make the Just gambles playing that, his dad's beats. that Disney Disney can necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Possessor is literally Cronenberg movie. But I you know Disney probably can afford to make some more risky decisions in a way that A twenty four is kind of like we need we need a profile like we need a person we know.
2: Uh, well, it's kind of the facade of a risky decision because they always right. go with people that they know are reliable.
1: I want to actually talk about something that uh, briefly before um, we move on to you, Danielle. But uh, when we went to see Zola a Thursday night, the three, me, Wes, and Danielle, um, you we were looking at some trailers for, I think, uh, other A24 stuff. And, and Wes was like, you know, honestly, people who. The, the Green Bond. Knight
2: played before, right? The mm-hmm. Green, I Green I Knight? Think, yeah.
1: I think it might have, or some other. Yeah. Green Knight! <laughs> yeah,
2: woo. The Green Knight played before Amaya. Yeah, no, I'm
1: excited to see that. Yeah. Um, but, Wes was saying, like, you know, people rag on Marvel because all their stuff looks the same, but, like, A24 is doing the same thing. Like, they're cre- it might have I been actually when know. the movie was over. Yes. We were talking about how it looks like, you know, how waves and moonlight look oh, similar. We, oh, you know what it was? I, I, don't it
2: think, was that ju- I don't think it does look like those no, But But
3: Justin, yeah. <laughs> Justin made a great joke that he was like, is the kid from Waves going to show up in the post-credits? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I said, is yeah, yeah. Thanos
1: going to show up? You said, you know, it's the kid from, it's Sterling K. Brown or the kid from Waves. And then, yeah, like, I mean, because we talked in our very first episode about how, even though 824 is, they're, they're not a production house, they're mm. uh, they it's films. It's 90%, they yeah. But it's like, we were talking about, do they do some sort of post-production or something mm. when they acquire the films to create a look? We talked about, you know, St. Maud having, like, that moment of, of weird, like, you know, the swirliness and some of the the CG effects that go on that don't seem to really track with the movie overall. And so we're wondering, like, okay, Um, does A24 do stuff?
2: I don't think so. I mean, that that stuff kind of naturally seemed like it worked its way into the... Because at that point in the movie, she's seeing herself as, like, God entering her body. So she would, you know, fantasize that she's levitating. Right, right, right. But as far as their visuality and stuff, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, guys. I do think Zola looks like a 70s movie and Waves looks super, like, now. Mm, So I I think there is enough visual difference in the stuff that they do. What were you saying, Daniel? Uh,
1: Just for our audience, that is Wes sparking up another uh,
2: joint. <laughs> we're in, we're in, we're in I nice need you high. to cut that.
3: My motherlessness. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> right. I am lighting a candle. <laughs> no,
1: but, but we, yeah, we're gonna say.
4: Um, that. I think. Uh, I think that A twenty four has its own brand, right? It watches a film. It's like this is part of. You what know, we of. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I also think that we need to recognize, and I've talked to Wes about this, that indie is a genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't just mean, like, this is an independent film. It mm-hmm. means that it, it has its own generic.
2: They have their own feel. S- mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Syntax, mm-hmm.
4: semantics, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, there are certain tropes. Like, when I was a kid, I used to pretend to be, like, uh, a middle aged mom, in a white mom in an indie mm-hmm. movie because <laughs> I just thought that shit was hilarious, but because it comes up again and again because yeah. it has its own sort of genre sensibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that. Because A twenty four looks for that specific sensibility and looks Mm. for those genre markers. The quirky
2: Sundance mm, movies, right? The
4: films tend to feel and look the same texturally, yeah. And I think that they're and they're realizing that people like that, and so they're curating that into like a prestige sort of elevating indie, not just to this niche, but like a prestige sort of genre under this
1: umbrella. Yeah, and yeah, like to be clear, there is definitely a difference, like between you know, because. What Marvel does is they hire all these different directors, but then more or less then force flattened. them to make yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same, same movie, thing. the same. There's movie. a house style the way that in comic books there's a house style with the art, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You get you get one artist for the or one colorist maybe for the whole run, even mm-hmm. if there are different artists mm-hmm. or whatever. But like,
2: well, well, think about like stuff like Adult Swim. Every mm-hmm. Adult Swim TV show has the exact same vibe to it. It's right. all like weird existential stoner comedy. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I'm I'm wondering with some co- big bigger company acquiring A24, I'm wondering if they're just creating an easier pipeline for directors. And I think that's what's happening. Because you you see like Disney's like, oh, I love this. Like bringing their little indie directors into their big, uh, you know, assembly line films, Mm -hmm. right? And I think this... Probably will make it easier for some of these yeah. companies to, Bravo is going to direct the Right, like page who? Are, she'll direct X exactly. Men. They, they want that level of prestige. The are going to do director who also did indie mm-hmm. films and indie films that did well.
3: That's 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 brilliant. I actually think that you're absolutely correct because yeah. because you'll notice that in the last five years specifically, you don't even really need to have done a mid-budget movie anymore. Like mm-hmm. even when Kugler came in, he had Fruitvale. Creed, which is mid-budget, and then he did Black Panther. So there's yeah. a stepping yeah, stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's like you do one
2: movie. Kate Shortland. Kate yeah. Black but, well, well did, also, well, also, um, John Watts from Spider-Man: Homecoming did one movie called Cop Car, Cop Car. Was it not Clown? Klein was pretty sure it's movie. a cop, well, oh. <laughs> <And> <laughs> cop. Cop car is a very small movie, uh, and, and then they give care. him like the they biggest movie in they the world. They don't care because
4: they have the money to hire someone to shoot the this to
2: make it look better. Yeah. To make it
4: look cute, like a if, CG team does the If you need the director the to do like you know these more complicated action sequences, mm. who's uh, seasoned in that, you get that, and Come then you man. get the style and textures from an indie you director. Know Did crazy Kate
2: Shortland do the action in Black Widow? Because the action was pretty good in Black Widow. Most
1: of the action is. It's very pre-miss. well shot. Yeah, I, but I mean, with Marvel in general, most like David Harbor
2: hanging off the plane and stuff. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. remember seeing something about the action in Black Widow being like a director's. I have to check
1: on that if we if, if that's our next review. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but I do I do remember like uh, uh, learning that a lot of Marvel's action is pre visualized, so the, mm, the effects yeah. team makes it and then and they then bring they shoot the director and they actor. say, hey, you do the talking. We've already got the action. We just yeah. need to put bodies into it, which is not the same as like how they make you know you know, Hong Kong action movies right. where there's a director for the we talked about this with West Side Story. There's a director for the story and a mm-hmm. director for the choreography.
2: And, and Jackie Chan does grueling choreography exactly. that takes months and months to master and like exactly. even even state of the art stunts and and get frustrated. To, yeah, and, he brought yeah. that
1: over to Rush Hour and that's uh, Those
2: movies are not as well shot as it's Hong Kong shit, but that's no, another no. conversation. <laughs> yeah. The Hong Kong stuff is super wide and like mm-hmm. the camera's keeping pace with everything. Yeah. Rush Hour is like is like punch cut. Cut, yeah, it's cut, it's you know. it's
1: Americanized and it's Brett Ratner. So what did we expect? Yeah. Um, but briefly, <laughs> Danielle, well uh, let's talk about these Emmy nominations for a little bit, guys. If if, you, if there's anyone in particular that you feel like um, ripping into,
4: you know what just came to me. I've been thinking about this. Is that like what's very funny about nominations in general from these big things is like. If someone that we like gets nominated, we're like, exactly. Yes. Because these, mm, of victory. course, they get the validation. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, if someone like reggae Jean Page God gets a nomination, him. you're like, remember, you see, these award ceremonies, they mean nothing. <laughs> and those two things exist at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So, like. This is a
2: good segue from the Disney conversation because <laughs> Disney was all over the Emmys. Mm. All over.
4: All Which over. I, I was like, I'm. I'm just, Hollywood is Disney out, at this point. At this point, but I'm trying to figure out whether like it's because we had like not a lot of media that came out yeah. in the past yeah. year because of the limitations. such. They, they could
2: have done better than giving Don Cheadle a nomination for a two-minute cameo, though.
3: At least give him a, a, a nomination for his very good show Black Monday.
2: Like what? What? What?
4: No, they said <laughs> he did that propaganda so good. And mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. J- J- Justin, you said uh, it's like such evidence that like they don't watch shit yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's no, like you, what you what watch the pilot about, yeah. and then oh, the pilot's yeah but if
1: okay. you watch that full show and I mean like you know I have thoughts about it whatever. I forgot he was in it, it.
2: It's, it's the worst one by it's, the way
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of the flattest the least interesting but mm-hmm. Carl Lumbly as if oh, he's great! Yeah, supporting actor, like, he's he's, fantastic. He's performing in that. But it goes to show
2: they didn't actually watch. Exactly. So it,
3: it, the, the, the the weird thing about the Emmys this year, and it might be that uh, there's not a lot of shows to nominate. Like Succession didn't get another season, and that would right. that would have trailed through. Mm. Um, the weird thing is that it's so okay. So Wandavision, right? I think Wandavision is like three fifths of a good show. Like, it's almost a good yeah. show. It started pretty uh, strong. It starts really good. Graduated. Elizabeth Olsen and Bettany are great the whole time. Catherine yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Han's great the whole time. But, like, mm-hmm. the yes, show itself, definitely. kind of, the wheels start to to fall oh, wow. off around episode
2: five. Well, especially the finale. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know,
3: it. I would say even Tiana Paris does a good job, but Tiana Paris is kind of just, yeah. she's doing a good job with, essentially, character's the character's yeah. written poorly, the character comes and goes, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's, the, the show thinks it's maybe a two-hander with her and Elizabeth Olsen, then it forgets about Tiana. Paris, whatever. It's those performances are good and I would nominate them. Mm. But does this signal Disney beginning to encroach even on award seasons? Because they've been
2: trying to with the yeah. Oscars for years. Well, Lion uh, King was nominated for a bunch of shit it didn't
4: deserve <laughs> because that movie's very bad. Uh, but yeah, yeah,
2: no, they've been they've been trying to for a while. But what's the point? We'll but, have to see uh, next year because yeah.
4: it's this year that, like, they were able to put out a lot of yeah, content yeah. that other places weren't able to do so. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to see next year, but...
2: Uh, do you think... W- they- well, it seemed like they were shooting for... I'm sorry then interrupt. No. It seemed like they were shooting for Prestige, I mean, with their show. Like, WandaVision felt like Bewitched meets Eraserhead until yeah. it turned into a Disney movie. Yeah, and, well, my, and they didn't...
3: Damn. It's the truth. No, it's the Woo! truth. It is very Lynchian. Uh, the, the, at, in, at the beginning, at the yeah. Beginning, the first two episodes, definitely. It's, it's it, the, the weird thing to me is like, Disney is hiring these prestige directors with the yeah. guys of we want their voices in our movies. Uh, listen, uh, we, we all would take a check from Disney, Disney if you're listening, of but course, that's se- that really doesn't seem like We're what they really creators. want. Because if you look at anything except for maybe Last Jedi, Rogue One, and The Ragnarok, I don't know who directed those movies. Like I don't. To be honest. Yeah, like mm-hmm. those movies all look the same to me. So yeah. it's 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 clearly not for a directorial voice. It's so the yeah. academy looks at it and goes, yes. "Oh, Chloe Zhao directed. We just gave her an award last year. What is this Eternals We like thing? her. We yeah. like her. She, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, but for me, it's like, why is that the mountain you want to climb? You're Disney. You don't mm-hmm. need that. Yeah. <laughs> I,
4: I I think there's something about. Holding on to prestige, I don't know. Like I think they want what HBO has. Like to be That's honest, true. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Um, I don't know. There's like they have a consistency in so far as they will always give um, roller coaster rides for you, yeah. like entertainment. So the, you is will that is that
3: a exact quote from uh, Martin crashing. Scorsese? <laughs> no,
4: no, he yeah. said emotional theme park.
2: You know how every Phase 2 movie... correct. Every Phase 2 movie in the MCU had the exact same... Uh, Structure? No, no, no. Like, like finale. It was always something is plummeting to the earth and they have to break it. That's yeah. what Guardians was. That's what Thor Ragnarok was. Ultron. Mm-hmm. Something is... is Gonna crash and they have to break it before it crashes. Or there's a Sky Beam or something. That is yeah. all well, well, that was like, yeah, they, I mean, TMNT and, and Avengers and stuff, but mm-hmm. like phase two literally mm-hmm. had the same, yeah, final yeah. fucking You know, what's funny about problem. what you
1: said, uh, is that there's a, um, there there's another movie podcast I listened to, uh, and one Arrival. of them, Arrival definitely a rival Um, no but uh, one of their one of their hosts got on twitter and just like tweeted you know uh, after watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier he says that show feels like it was written by an algorithm yeah. 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 Oh, oh my him. God! The last wow. episode is terrible. <laughs>
3: you know, Spider Man was supposed to be in that last episode. Really? For, For are what? You serious? Because it's New York. He was supposed to show oh, up okay. and help out with What's the bus. Up, guys? The bus scene where where Falcon is pulling the bus up was. Peter, Peter was, was supposed to back. show up and, yeah. and web up the oh, bus. Cool. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't okay. finish it. It was that boring. I watched the last boring. 20 minutes of the last episode. He, I'll be honest.
1: He gives <laughs> a speech to a senator. Yes, that
3: that was when I checked
2: out. You know what you should do? You should do this and this and like he's trying kind of pose like. I'm Reed.
3: Anthony Mackie, and I'm a Republican.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought the joke was I'm Anthony Mackie, and I'm a stage trained actor. And this is the only opportunity they've given me. It, it, I went to Juilliard. To it, what what did he,
3: he, to, to he went to Juilliard? He did.
2: You cannot tell, my nigga. Oh. <laughs> <you>
4: <laughs> no, but you legitimately cannot. <laughs> okay. Um, Most of them you can
2: tell. He just seems like a guy in everything he does. <laughs> he's a very Why charismatic literally? guy, and then we love him for the charisma. Like when you look like, at not.
3: Adam Driver, not all of Adam Driver's performances are. I, actually that's a lie he's very good in most of his movies he's very is he
2: transformative though
3: I guess for n- Kylo no. Ren,
2: he kind of no not really he's not really but Adam
3: Driver has that thing that good actors have uh, one kind of good actors have where they're just so simple that mm-hmm. you just believe yeah. you're like well yeah and, in every and, man and so, yeah so when I watch Adam Driver I'm never like oh, oh he went to Juilliard I'm like oh yeah that
2: makes sense mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie I'm like what <laughs> no, <laughs> we're well, right? well, well, going back to that, that's why Dustin Hoffman was like the guy and he was giving so much work in yes. like the 70s and 80s because he was like the everyman. Yeah. Like, you don't know, feel intimidated mm-hmm. by him. He just feels like He's just very simple. your neighbor or something. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. Well, you were going to say, Danielle?
4: Oh, you... no, I was just going to say that when you watch Anthony Mackie in, in that uh, Black Mirror episode and Nicole Bahari's, like, eating him the fuck up. And, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, what, did you just show up today? Like,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. like,
4: that's what I feel like whenever I watch him act. Like, he just showed up, and they gave him a script, yeah, and he's yeah. like, I can repeat
3: lines. And <laughs> that's how you feel. Uh, even Yahya Abdul-Mateen is in that show, who's just, uh, like, secretly, like, a great actor. Yeah. They, they don't give him the parts because he's handsome and he's, like, brolic, but, like, yeah. he's a very good actor, and you're watching him in the show, and you're like, why, why, why did this nigga get on set? <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 <"How did> this- <laughs> they couldn't Travante Rhodes wasn't available
1: like what's
2: going on we're ripping him and stuff but he's one of my favorite people to watch get interviewed he's really funny Anthony Mackie Anthony Mackie yeah Yeah, he is funny have you seen that one where he's with Sebastian Stan it was for Infinity War and they're talking about workout routines he's like yeah I just eat soy all day all I do is eat soy and Sebastian Stan's like soy will give you titties what are you talking about he's like nah I just sprinkle a little soy on everything I just eat soy all day he's totally fucking with the interview yeah they
1: definitely have chemistry but um yeah, I mean, maybe at some point we'll eventually talk about one of these Disney Plus shows. For <laughs> now, for now <laughs> let's we are hold going off to... on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna take our first break and come back to talk about Zola. All right, folks, sure, welcome we back begin? from the break. Uh, we've had our lunch. We've uh, well some of us have (laughs) we've (laughs) talked we've laughed we've cried and now we're back to talk about Zola a 2020 American black comedy film based on the viral twitter thread by Asia Zola King and the resulting Rolling Stone article about uh, the stripper saga that ensued um, directed by Janiska Bravo starring Taylor Page Riley Keough and some other people Um, Nicholas Braun Coleman Domingo of course what's up written by oh Zola no who was it written by Screenplay
3: by Jeremy O'Harris. <laughs> Jeremy
1: O'Harris! <laughs> what else has he done?
3: Slapless. Oh my God. <laughs> and Daddy. Uh, nice. Okay.
1: Good. Good for him.
3: Um, no, not
2: good for him.
1: <laughs> I don't want Produced hit- by Dave Franco. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I saw that in the credits. That was bizarre. It, it threw me off. That the was way. a random guy in the world. Like, <laughs> produce produced or by Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Uh, this was, I know for Wes and Danielle, you've seen it twice now. Yeah, I've seen it
2: once, uh, about a week and a half ago.
1: Yeah, um, of course we'll do our our round of initial impressions without spoilers. I mean, how did y'all feel? Have you, have you known about the Twitter thread? How did, had you... Yeah,
2: I I realized, like, partial, like, maybe 30 minutes into the movie that I had read the thread, and I thought I didn't, Mm -hmm. um, but it was coming back to me, like, as things were playing out in the movie, I was like, wait, I know this story, Mm -hmm. I know how things go, um... As far as like direction goes, there's really unique um de- decisions on Janiska Bravo's part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain shots in this that like stayed with me. Like I looked over at my roommate at one point because um I forget the name of Bradley Keough's character. What is her name? Oh God, oh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Um, Stephanie goes to wash her face in a a, yeah, a yeah. um the a sink. bathroom sink, mm-hmm. and the shot is from inside of the sink looking because mm-hmm. it's like a glass right. bowl and like her face filling up the bowl. I was like. That's what really cool. an inspired shot! Yeah. Like, how would you come up with like the visual saw. of that—a face filling up a bowl as yeah. you're like, "Why?" It was like, what, I like looked over at my roommate, like, we we're like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's inspired visuals in this. I mean, the whole thing is this like '70s aesthetic. It's shot on Super 16 millimeter. It's very soft focus. It's never like a sharp movie, and I saw it on a big screen, and it was just—it was like soft focus, which is just kind of comforting. It, it has the feel of like. I I don't know. Almost like uh, this is like a, a random thing to compare it to, but like it, it kind of looked like Kramer versus Kramer or something, like an old like like seventies like just soft focus, yeah, very grainy, like crispy yeah textured. candy Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nice. And and I mean, there's there's a style to it that like in a good way. I mean, this feels like. Uh, uh, aesthetic like Tumblr blog like came to mm-hmm. life you know what I mean like when they first meet okay, and yes. there's that line of lights behind them and almost like a carnival they they kind of like flicker off until it's just them under the one light bulb and then that flickers oh, off and it's yes, the oh yes yes I mean, the,
3: the funhouse shot
2: yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's it's there's shots in this set that are super inspired yeah and the movie is not that large in scope in a way it kind of Almost feels incomplete at the end because yeah. it, I would have liked for another ten minutes to like wrap things up. I but agree. I know that in real life, it, it's just supposed to seem like a stream of consciousness, like right. gossip story that you hear, and sometimes those just kind of and end. Out, yeah. You know, and, and you only really realize how suddenly they end when you watch it in a cinematic format right. like this. But I think it's a really strong movie and definitely a strong reel for Janiska Bravo. I mean, she's going to be a big deal moving forward.
4: Um, I agree. The first thing, when I watched it the first time... Where I think,
2: did you, uh, see it the first time?
4: Sundance. Um...
3: <laughs> hey.
4: Um, the first time I watched it, it was definitely the directing that, first and foremost, mm-hmm. blew me away. Specifically because, like, there are, like, some serious dark moments... Yes. ...in this film. And for it to feel so, like, texturally light mm-hmm. and airy and, like, this kind of, like, balance between... Mm-hmm. And the way that it shifted really... Yeah. nicely into these like from comedy like to this like haha she's yeah. like got roped into this to like oh yeah. this is like actually like very serious her life's in danger you know what it um, is
2: it's like a stripper saga that shot like little house on the prairie right <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: and so like i that that for me was like my first takeaway was like that ability to balance those things mm-hmm. these, like really beautiful shots that sh- um she came up with um upon my second watch it just felt like it's a one-time movie for me at least like plot wise because like it's it it comes from that twitter thread and like if you like read it in real time like waiting for the up the next update of that thread was like one of the best experiences Mm -hmm. i've ever lived through so like watching it on screen as a filmmaker um who's interested in that art form and seeing it translated was like just blew me away the first time. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it the first time. But I think it's like a, like you have to see it, see it once. But like, I don't think it's like, for me, it doesn't have a yeah. rewatch value mm-hmm. in so far as like, once you know what's going to happen, the mm-hmm. tension mm-hmm. completely dissipates. And I think that's yeah. probably in part because of her directing style.
3: Mm-hmm. It, is, it does kind of, you know, I agree. Uh, I'd watched uh, some of uh, just how do you say her name again? Janixa? Janixa Bravo? before C- oh, Yeah, I, we've all been saying that, um, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's Janixa maybe. Uh, I, I watched some of her uh, shorts, The Wrong Criterion, uh, leading up to Zola uh, earlier in the year, and I'd watched, I watched most of them. Most of them actually have Jodie Comer Smith in them, which is wild. Mm. Um, and they're kind of weird Terrence Nance-esque um, mm. shorts, which were interesting. And I, and I think even when I didn't like the short itself, I really enjoyed her directing. I thought her directing was interesting. And it's weird seeing that applied to a more narrative film, even though it definitely there are definitely. some there's some weirdness that over yeah. some surrealness. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely yeah. the moments where uh, right before, like the act break of two into three, um, mm-hmm. is a like a little interlude where we see Stephanie's version of Zola, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's such a weird f- place. I to I felt put like
2: that. it was it was out of place. Yeah. I I, was, I liked but, 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 it. I liked but, but, but,
3: but it. But the there. thing about it, I keep thinking that's the part of the movie I keep thinking about is like, why would you put it there? that's such a weird place to put it yeah. and it's so it's like three minutes mm-hmm.
2: um, I guess they could have put it at the end and maybe they would have left on like the biggest laughs in the movie And it's, and, it's, it's, and it's, it's possible I, I actually but it, I like her looking out the car window and seeing the cars go by in the clouds and stuff it reminded me of like daydreaming mm-hmm. well, I, I liked
3: that uh, it's in such a weird place like it felt like a, a, yeah. a choice I just haven't figured out what the choice was yet you know what I mean and I think the movie is full of choices directorially where I'm like that's an interesting choice um, and I and I definitely agree that she's a really skilled filmmaker. Uh, and if anything else, like I rather a filmmaker that is just doing their own thing, than a filmmaker that is attempting to ape. Where you can yeah. see the six other references. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, don't, um, we don't
2: always need to understand. at you, Todd Phillips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> structurally, structurally,
3: <laughs> structurally, the Tarantano. film it gave me some some pause. Like, I wasn't quite on board with it. I think the dialogue is really sharp. I think it's really funny. I think they should have marketed it more as a comedy because yeah. yeah. it, it is it is essentially a straight comedy um, yeah. with some dark flex in it. Um, this, but but there's there's something about the script that's nagging at me that I don't love. Uh, and it's not just that it's the slate player writer because uh, I was ready to just let it go. There's something weird about the script that I don't love, but I think the performances are all around pretty great, especially Colum Domingo who goes from like talking like this to being like, "Open, get back in the car, get back in the car." Yeah. yeah we'll
1: some talk. of the some of the film's most surreal elements are around that character, like mm. his eyes mm-hmm. changing color, yeah. or,
3: mm-hmm. or the fact that he keeps like he's like ah. Yeah. What <laughs> Every time he goes to, <laughs> how
2: about the little person by the pool? That yeah, was, that was, yeah, that that was just a, straight yeah. up just like a, a carnival like decision. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no, it's one hundred percent like there
1: are moments like that. Even with uh with Coleman Domingo's uh mate his his main hoe, the white chick bottom. The, yeah, 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 his bottom, you know, she's she's uh she's she shows up out of nowhere. I think for me, um I was very surprised by how much I was laughing throughout yeah. this movie. It's it's genuinely hilarious at times, but I think Part of what I'm still figuring out is when the like, I don't have a problem with a movie, you know, turning on a dime suddenly. Obviously, Parasite does that, right? Mm. It starts as like, oh, look at these rich people getting the runaround. I'm gonna
2: bring on From Dust Till Dawn one of these days, and you that's one of the ultimate. Like to turn on, turn on the very yeah. quickly and suddenly, I, and
1: I don't mind. I like that. Like I remember I do too. being in the theater with you and be like, "What is going on?" As soon yeah. as they hit that,
2: I love sharp turns.
1: But I think with with Zola, it's like it doesn't necessarily have a sharp turn. It just has these moments of intense darkness, and I'm not, I was never sure whether I was supposed to still be laughing, like whether you know Janixa wanted me to Definitely. still be laughing, or if I was just supposed to be like, or
2: if it's like light, which you is know? interesting territory. Yeah, Because you know? exactly. because like I remember my audience was laughing at the part where um. Gigantic, seven foot tall white boy. What is his name? Brown, yeah. Way uh, too large, too large of a man. But anyways, doesn't he's,
3: even fit in the reverse shot. He's
2: he's he's getting um he's getting cuckolded and he yeah. he vomits yeah. and my audience was like ah that's the funniest thing and I was laughing too and then later on I was like that's kind of sad actually. He, he's, the-
3: he's such an I feel like I feel like they're both very interested in him which is some of the structural issues I have is that we keep cutting back to him and he's great like we all like Nicholas Brown. But, but, but we, have
2: to, we have to show him meeting that guy who later well, well, on no but even the on.
3: moment where he's cleaning his vomit and everybody clears the frame and it just pushes in on him and he like stops and he hangs his head I was like we're spending a lot of time with this yeah. sad clown mm-hmm. man but um, <laughs> isn't
4: the movie about Zola <laughs> come
1: on oh, Yeah,
4: that's a Jeremy Feel like after reading Slave Play, like all the whatever structural like problems that you are feeling probably come from him because he like (laughs) spends a lot of time with the wrong person. He lets things drag on. Mm. He he's like likes to explain things for too long. So like I feel like he's the one with the structural.
3: And and he's also interested in the humanity of white white boys. Like yeah, not and not even like in a a, (laughs) no no, but in the at the expense of the other characters. Like like Slave Play is about. It's supposed to be about the Tiana exactly. Paris That's character. That's exactly what I mean. Uh, and I, we really don't even know who she is until the last three pages. Mm. And it's like, who is is she? Or she's on all the posters. Clearly, she's the lead of this play. And then, you yeah. know, and Tiana I think... Paris is in that? She was in the original cast. Okay. Um, but but the, the issue is that I have a similar feeling with Zola is that there's moments where I'm like... I kind of want access to
2: Zola in a way that the movie isn't allowing me yeah. to have. She seems uh, kind of enigmatic. Yeah, which sometimes. is might be a choice, might not be, who knows. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, in the thread she seemed en- enigmatic because, because she seemed to disapprove of, uh, I forget the white girl's name, I don't know. It's, yeah. She seemed to disapprove of Stephanie's antics, and yet in the actual Twitter thread she's the one who makes the backstage for her. And so does it so in the movie it's, too? it's it's you no know, well in the movie it doesn't doesn't oh, the, ex, the guy. Yeah, but she like do it? updates it. Yeah. Well well she sees it and she's like backstage is for back page. sex workers? Backpage, yeah, yeah. Backstage is for, actors. Backstage for, actors. <laughs> for <actors. laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I got confused. Hey, listen. But like in, Ugh, in the back thread, back it's back. it's kinda hard to make out like where her head's at mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. how, how truthful she's being. I think she's definitely being more truthful than the Stephanie recollection. Mm. But um, um yeah.
1: well, you know what's interesting is I think this movie, going into it, I was kind of expecting it to be a uh and we can, you know, officially crack the morning now but uh, I was expecting it to be kind of a I guess to make you think more clearly about like the whole reliable narrator thing yeah, 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 and whether or not Zola is but I'm not sure like it, it feels for the most part like it's saying that what Zola's depicted She is, seems
2: sincere Yeah is, is accurate I, I
4: think I think what it's more preoccupied with which is with in is what something that you touched on which is like that line between like the comedy of this and like mm-hmm. these very like dark serious moments mm-hmm. and i think it wants you to think more about like m- reading that thread right and being entertained by it but also recognizing that she was in a very dangerous situation like yeah. like she was being kidnapped Mm -hmm. for a good portion of that film, for a good portion of her time there. She didn't know whether she was gonna be able to get out of that situation. And so I think it's like straddling or like uh, straddling that line or trying to help us like understand and work through the fact that we were entertained by this story. Which was actually really scary. I would
2: love for it to have adapted the like final (coughs) sorry, the final couple tweets of the thread Mm -hmm. where she's like back home and she gets the call from Stephanie in jail. She goes, Florida murder. You have the wrong number, and hangs up. Like yeah. that's where the movie that's should ending. have. That's where it should that's have ending, ended. Yeah. But uh,
1: I, I, you know, you saying that Danielle makes me think about like. I mean, I guess one of the major themes of the movie is voyeurism, right? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, when you're a stripper, that's a voyeuristic. Profession. It feels
2: voyeuristic, and yet yeah. it's not male gazy because female director. Right,
1: exactly, and and you're and you're watching. Obviously, you're watching her perform, but you're also like, I guess what maybe it could challenge you to do is think. Like you said about okay, I'm reading this Twitter thread. This is funny. I'm being entertained, not thinking about the trauma that this person might have experienced. Exactly. I mean, how old was Zola when this actually happened? Do we know? Because I think she. It seems like it's they're playing younger than.
2: It seems you know. like she's
3: in her mid to early twenties. That's what, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the in the film, right? So but like
2: twenty three.
3: The film also attempts to. The re- I th- and this is why I think the, the the POV of Zola kind of being enigmatic might be actually a choice because we don't even have access to Zola when she's home with her boyfriend like yeah. we, she's just mm-hmm. kind of uh, I think it's definitely a choice yeah she she just kind of seems like uh, the, almost like the way Zendaya's character in Euphoria is is almost not a character mm-hmm. like she is she's a blank slate but she's a blank you slate so that the under. audience can put themselves mm-hmm. into it and I mm-hmm. think that's interesting for Zola because Zola gets to uh, Taylor Page gets to play the straight man in like essentially like a carnival of lunatics mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but it also is hard for me to connect to her in terms of um not in terms of like getting on board and getting on her side but in terms of am like okay but what does zola really want here you
2: know what that reminded me of um You know how like when you hear a story from someone and like in their story, it kind of makes them seem unreliable because everyone in their story is eccentric Mm -hmm. and crazy and they're not. Things Mm -hmm. are just kind of happening to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and everyone else around them is making the crazy decisions and stuff and going off the rails. And and obviously it's based on a Twitter thread. So I think you would have had to have it be like that regardless. But it it did feel because the movie introduces itself as like a secondhand you know, yeah. account. Of what this is really mostly happening. true. Most of the events in this are true. So that's why it feels like you're being told a, a gossip from someone else.
3: I also think <laughs> that's a really good point.
2: But I, I I also think there there I don't know.
3: There's there's something about the way the film, and maybe it's the ending is being so sudden. But there's something about the way the film is structured. It doesn't feel like it's arcing to anything. Like it mm-hmm. feels like I feel like when they were taking the Twitter thread, they they're attempting to. Create a story arc out of the, the Twitter thread that is essentially just a long form story. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think they're half doing it, and then we hit the moment with Jason Mitchell kidnapping them and pulling them into the thing, and you go, "Oh, I guess this is the climax of the movie." Yeah, yeah. This is the end. I didn't
2: even realize. It. I just thought it was another like crazy antic, and the climax would be in like thirty minutes. Me but too. then the movie ended. I mean, I didn't
4: I didn't mind that. I didn't mind it because. The thread is a stream of consciousness. That's I think true. it's very interesting yeah. for a film to try and adapt it, and definitely. mimic it, and mm-hmm. instead of like trying to like, because they could have put uh, you know scenes that they came up with themselves and created mm. like a classic structure or something akin to that. Instead, they decided to stay true to the form that they adapted it from. That's so hard. I mean, it would be interesting, like you know, other like online ideas or threads, like what it would look like in the filming form and whether. You know, audiences will be, like, that, as yourself, would be entertained by it because
3: that's a, that's it's, a good point.
4: we don't expect that. And, like, audience expectation is real. You expected an ARC story, not You're a right. Twitter thread.
3: You're right.
1: Well, you, yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned audience expectation because some, uh, rather, so often I feel that's what the distinction between comedy and drama comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of what you're told before going in. You felt like if the movie trailers had been kind of cut with more of the comedy, Mm -hmm. then like you would have gone in expecting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But I think also like when we look at a lot of the stuff that we know is billed as comedy straight up, The Office, It's Always Sunny, you know, it's like, okay, we're laughing because the because the show is telling me it's okay to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But were I in this situation, it'd be pretty horrendous. Mm-hmm. Even if the movie isn't trying to like.
2: That's why like that Seinfeld is. is disturbing without a laugh track. Like we've seen those <laughs> yeah. videos, like Friends <laughs> without a laugh track and yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it, because like, and I mean, for me, a lot of the a lot of the comedy that I like, I guess, tends to be kind of cringey or awkward, like yeah, yeah. situational <laughs> stuff like that. Because I guess that's my life too. <laughs> like I, I'm in <laughs> cringe situations often, so. And that's that's the catharsis of it. I I think with Zola, um, it's yeah. I just think like there is there's definitely a difference because it's like there are clearly lines that are like supposed to be funny. Like it'll be forty eight hours before I know this nigga's name. It's hilarious. It'll be two days before you hear this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you have like and then you have the scene. Obviously the, the scene in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Where Taylor uh, uh I'm sorry, Stephanie has been like knocked out and she's in the closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like Coleman Domingo is using Zola as a human shield so he can get the gun out of her purse. Yeah. And and you're like, this is I loved that. It's when a, when he's a, guiding the yeah. guy's hand into her right. purse and yeah. he feels the gun. It's it's a it's a tense scene, but then I was like, I feel like if I had if I if I knew I was gonna be watching a thriller, I'd be more comfortable yeah. with this scene. Yeah. Because like we were just hee heeing outside the door. Well, which, which, which a is a dark comedy. Which is, ru- it makes it which, is a, comedy.
3: A, which is what the point probably was. Well, yes, Is, that, exactly. is that they get to, I mean, that's 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 why Parasite is so genius is because it cues you up to think it's a comedy for the first mm-hmm. half. But
1: that's right. And I mean, I mean, then that, that midpoint comes and you're like, fuck! It's, it's, it's <laughs> it always feels aspect. like there's going to be a sleight of hand. Right. Like, the like, reason yeah. I contrasted with, with Parasite is I feel like once Parasite hits that corner, it's that way for the rest of the movie. You're, right, you're right. Whereas Zola like dips in and back out, which. Yeah to Danny's point, is kind of like life, obviously, like, you know, we, in one day, we can experience, obviously, a whole range of different emotions and encounters, but I think when you're watching it, you know, maybe that exactly was part of her mission, was to make you feel like, Kind of weird, isn't it? Like y'all were laughing at this when it was on Twitter, but this is what it felt like. This is what it looked like.
3: But also, I think I think a, a director that actually does that really well, but not not quite as intense as this. Taika Waititi does a great job mm. uh, turning scenes from funny to sad, really really mm. well. Like he does yeah. it. He does not really well. For the well. wilder people, he super it, uneven though. It, it is. It's uh, very he unique. does it in Boy. There's a moment in Boy where uh, it's funny that his dad is dressed up like Michael Jackson, that he's like an asshole, but then like. He, you're like, oh wait, his dad is like a terrible father. And you're uh, like, you know, you turn it, or like Thor Ragnarok has it all over the place. They, they're, right. They're, 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 I would
1: they're assume right. Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen it, but uh,
3: it's even, a really good movie. Jojo it. Rabbit does it as well, but it's a little,
1: uh, it's a little not as successful because it's, uh, it's, it's World War Two.
3: It's World War Two, and you're like at a certain I, I, point. I think as Hitler was pretty funny. It is pretty funny. In my
2: opinion, was pretty
3: good. But back, back to Zola. Something I wanted to talk about along the same line was we were talking about the the fact that there's no on-screen deaths, yes. necessarily, even though someone gets shot in the neck. Um, and, but, but you don't but see the impact. Often what they'll do is they'll pull out the four frames that have the impact in it. So when yeah. Nicholas Braun jumps out of the window and smashes the thing, we don't even hear the sound. Yeah. We just cut to, we swish to Zola, being like, he actually did it. Because I want to
2: distinguish from being like that kind of movie, I think. I, I think dude. when you show gore, even if for a, a brief moment, you become like, a type of movie yeah. mm. that some people will avoid because some people cannot do gore and they will yeah. avoid stuff that has it well it's a contract right? it's
3: a contract with the audience so like you, yeah. you by showing the audience certain genre trappings you're setting up a contract with them and you can yeah. either burn the contract in a smart way like Parasite does or you can uh, uh, like, uh, like destroy the contract in another way where the audience feels cheated mm. and I think if they were to show those shots of you know uh, for an example Jason Mitchell getting shot in the neck the audience would be jarred in a way that they're not feeling it. The way that yeah. a lot of James Gunn's early but films, but it, it would probably
2: it would probably show like the gravity of the situation. So maybe they should have shown. But they some keep. Blood but shame. I like
3: that they keep the the ball in the air. They're kind of like mm. it's fun. It's still fun because I think you can no longer laugh mm. if you see a man being shot in the neck and
2: die. But maybe at that point you shouldn't be laughing. And, <laughs> and, and it's blurring kind of and it's blurring is, the yeah. lines.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of why I'm still figuring out. And it's good. I mean, hey, we're talking about it, right? Yeah. That's kind of where my head is with the movie. Is I'm I'm not sure if if for me the way that uh, the film balances its its tone uh, was the most effective because I mean like right after with him laying in the bed bleeding out, his friend goes, "You good, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious, but yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's fine. Like you know, it's it's just I think because the movie is so uh, is kind of fifty fifty with it. I'm 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 kind of fifty fifty. You know, but I do agree with you, Dan. I think it needs, for me, I would have liked it to have a more solid ending.
2: Maybe stuff is played too much for laughs, because because mm. right right before it's seven foot tall, uh, slender man goes to jump off the balcony, uh, the 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 white his his um yes. Colin Domingo's uh white yeah, uh, she, she goes um jump yeah do it do it do it and, like the whole she's audience might give
1: her a little punch
3: too. Yeah. she's like do it
2: <laughs> and uh, it's just like a, when he does it, it's like a joke. We're all laughing. Right.
1: Yeah. No. For sure. Were you gonna say something? I don't know. Oh, it looked like you had a thought. Didn't you? <laughs> I,
4: I did. I yeah, no, now. just I mean, I, it, so
2: may, so maybe it's slightly uneven. I love the movie, but though. but I also think I, I also
3: it. think there's that great moment where, uh, which I think is actually the serious moment, the most one of the most serious moments in the movie is when <laughs> Nicholas Nicholas Braun posts it on uh, mm. Facebook, and Colm Domingo comes in, and goes over to his girlfriend, and it's like, who's this? Who's this? Oh, who's and, and this? And they float yeah. over to Nicholas Braun's face and you're like, oh, this guy is broken inside. Yeah, you know Yeah, because they
1: have that whole, for the people haven't seen it, uh, uh, Nicholas Braun's character and uh, uh, Riley oh, character. Oh, when they point to their hearts. Yeah, right, yeah, right. whose is this? It's yours, whose is this? It's mine. It's but Have
2: bucks. you read the Twitter what? thread? No. You guys know what really happens? No. I forgot. What? I didn't read the Twitter thread. He, he, when, when he finds out that um White Boy posted the the Facebook status, he he makes um, Riley Keough's character suck his dick in front of him. Oh. And so it's it's not that the it's not the who's yep, is this who's is this that. it's literally cuckolding him. Wow. That would have really ruined the mood. I know that would have been tough. Yeah. That's that's why that
3: was, was the yeah. I'm interested in the Stephanie character a lot, and I'm interested because I think the performance is really good. Like mm-hmm. she is playing a specific kind of. S- Florida white woman mm-hmm. yep. that I have seen before.
2: She's uh, playing the bitch you always hear about and, in crazy stories. And mm-hmm. When they say when they say Florida man or Florida woman, yeah. they are talking exactly. about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
3: Stephanie from this movie. But I'm interested in what if the movie is more interested in her than it is in Zola, and I wonder if that's not because Zola is telling the story, or if that's a writing choice. I
4: think it's a writing choice. I just,
1: oh interesting. I think it's from. I think it's because Zola. The story is you want to hear about how me. And this chick fell out. So I think because of that, it has to kind of spend more, it has to pay more attention to Riley because you have to see why they fell out. But they
4: had an opportunity, right? Like she's, she's our narrator, right? She's Mm -hmm. our protagonist. She's who we're moving through the film with, Mm -hmm. right? They made a choice not to show us her interiority. Like they Mm -hmm. made a choice not to like for us to sit with her. She's kind of a cipher. Right, the like with Ste- we spent a lot of time with Stephanie by herself. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean, and so like I, I think that it was a writing choice. Except mm. for when
1: I'll, I'll only push back as far as like I mean, it's not like a, it's not a monologue or anything. But when she, when Zola's sitting in the dressing room, she says, "Who are you gonna beat tonight, Zola?" Yeah, and then they mm-hmm. go into that. Oh, hole yeah. And she's going yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Looks. That's kind of like, I guess we're getting a look on like. How she sees herself how she wants to see herself. Yeah.
2: that that scene of her stripping is so surreal because like it doesn't seem like the audience is full of people but like she's stripping for a long time and yeah. and, and you're expecting this reverse shot of like a bunch of dudes ogling her but it's one guy <laughs> who looks like an extra from the hills have eyes he's, he's all like <laughs> demented looking look and he's just I'm kind of like, like, yeah. and, like giving her like one dollar bills yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, and then they, they cut back to him afterwards stephanie Super and surreal. she's taking his money and she's like, i'll take that too and he goes Oh, I guess he just <laughs> over there. um no but I I, I agree Daniel I think it, it might be a a writing choice and I it, and I, I say that because we get to see Stephanie what Stephanie wants right like we mm-hmm. know what he she wants in like tangibly but we also know like she wants to be able to have some kind of economic control Free. over her life yeah. mm-hmm. and other than going back home like when Zola goes I want to dance and then she's like I want to go home like I'm like on a simple level, cool, Like that's cool, Like that's very clear. But also, w- what does Zola need? What does yeah. Zola really want? You know what I mean? Like I have no access to that, so she's just kind of walking around. And the reason it's a problem for me is because there's moments where the movie seems like it wants to talk about it, like when she walks away and talks to her mom on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's yeah. going on there? And then the movie doesn't ever touch it again. Which it doesn't need to, but it needs to together, fit together, to mean something. Yeah. And yeah. I don't but think it does.
4: I wonder if there's something, or if they were thinking about like, her denying access like Zola the character Zola the Mm. narrator denying Mm. access Mm -hmm. because she's denying access to everybody around her because Mm -hmm. her job is to perform and to present a character that's why she has that moment where she's like who are you gonna be Mm. because she's never herself around these people Mm, because she's uh, not going to show herself so I wonder if it's about denying access like when she's like the fact that we get so little of her, that phone call for just a moment, mm-hmm. like I wonder if that's what they were trying to convey because she's just never herself. I
3: think you, I think that's, that's probably very much it. And I think. That is strengthened by the fact that the movie is so much about online curation. Yep. Like, even the film itself is curating mm-hmm. itself.
2: Like, when they do yeah. the, 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 exactly. the, the time and it clicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Twitter and sounds. The Twitter sounds. And I wanted that to not be in the movie. The, the, <laughs> the, the, tw- the Twitter sound was really distracting. Well, but I, I kept, I I, uh, every time they kept it, though, I was like, come on, I, guys. The, like, the, I know it's from Twitter. I'm trying to watch a movie. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the thing that
3: I liked about it, though, is that it is about curation. Like, it, Zola is curating Stephanie's look right mm-hmm. to get to get money but yeah. but also in a bigger way zola is curating the film for us and in a bigger way mm-hmm. i mean a24 is is curating zola for us and i'm not even making that joke like they're selling copies of the, the of, book, the, yeah, of yeah. The, the twitter thread bound in, in a yeah it's 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 oh, wow. so they're they're curating the act and they're having zola do press run like zola, the actual woman zola is do, is on the press junket for this uh. so it's like it's like three, it's like Inception. It's like yeah. three and again, levels. It has the
2: story on the top of the book. It says the story in gold font, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like it's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very that interesting. Is, well,
1: I, that's, that's new story. Are you going to buy it, Justin? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Like, I I like kitchen shirts like that. Oh my gosh! No, who knows. I'm I, mean, fu- I, I might get some t-shirts from you. That Saint Maude shirt is pretty. Rare. I'm gonna I'm no, gonna um, buy
3: you the the Euphoria collection. without all the scripts bound. <laughs> I'm gonna buy that for you and Danielle, and we'll read it together. <laughs> Please. <laughs>
1: Please let's uh, let's 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 rate Zola. Then I think we've we've talked about it a lot, but. Uh, how are we feeling
2: with the rating Dan? I like the movie a lot. It's probably an 8.5 out of 10. Just cuz of the stuff with the ending. I, I think the am- ambiguous stuff works for me. Mm-hmm. I like when movies are ambiguous. I mm-hmm. like being able to project onto characters. So <laughs> for me that like well well I like that because then it's like you watch it again and it's like well maybe that wasn't how she was feeling, maybe that was she me was at
1: the time.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was projecting something at the time and now I'm getting something different out of it. I think movies add rewatchability when they have ambiguity yeah. like that. Um it's an 8.5 out of ten
3: for me. Gotcha. I, I I like the movie. I, I'm not I'm kind of in the middle of everybody. There's a kind of a segment of Twitter that hates it and a segment of Twitter that loves it, as always. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's a, a well directed film for the most part, well acted. Mm-hmm. The script gives me a little bit of pause and there's some choices that I'm not a huge fan of, but I think it's a movie that really is trying to to make choices. Definitely makes, a fan of the yeah, directing. I'd yeah. ra- much rather a movie that makes choices, and I don't like the choices, than a movie that makes no choices at all. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a three Jesse Williams thumbs up out of five. <laughs>
2: oh, I forgot about the meme rating. I'm gonna, you know, no, it's fine. Okay. Do You want to give it? Do you want to give it? I was 8. gonna say. 5. I was gonna say big fat asses over toilet bowls. But <laughs> 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 how, how, how eight point five? How about eight point five fucking? Uh, deep yellow toilet bowls oh. out of, out oh. of 10. <laughs> what like, is she drinking? Is she drinking motor oil? No, she's just dehydrated. Yeah. She just yeah. isn't drinking. <laughs> yeah. She isn't drinking anything. She's probably only having alcohol. Yeah. She doesn't have water in days. Um,
4: <laughs> I feel like maybe like seven mirror shots out of 10. Like okay. It's like, I I just, for me, like I think for me to judge how well a film is made, like I think the directing is gorgeous. I think it's, yeah, I think, but for me, it's like if I could watch something with spoilers or knowing exactly what happens, and it's still amazing mm. each time I watch it. Mm-hmm. That's when you know something's good. Like mm-hmm. if you are like telling me, Daniel, just don't go online, don't look at anything about it, don't watch a trailer, blah blah blah, because if you know anything about it, then it's yeah yeah yeah. Then it's not. Well, a then good
2: how movie. good is it? Yeah,
4: it's, it's not a good movie. Movies need to be able to be watched again. Yeah like that's something that where they that's differ true. from other art
2: forms we, t- we talked about the original Saw recently the original Saw movie Wes you had not seen I it and, and like he knew what the ending was and like it still it still worked you know like, you it's didn't still know the
4: twist and it still fucking works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's
2: a fucking good
3: film. Yeah, I, I I agree. It sounds I, great. It's why I don't care movie. about. It's so why great. I don't care about spoilers because if the movie is good enough, the spoilers won't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, that's yeah. why I the, don't. want The, the twists or the reveal <laughs>
0: shouldn't.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was told about the the spoiler in Loki and it's still cooked yeah. and it's because it was a spoiler. Okay. cover that. But what was the spoiler? The the, the, the who shows the Kang? Yeah, Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think yeah like the twists or reveal. Should not make the movie, mm. and okay. I think like you know what I mean. Like that, that's that's part. It's it, it it might be a weak movie if that's the case. Um, but for me, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 pretty much. I think I'm gonna give it like seven. Um, m- multicolored Coleman Domingo eyeballs cool. out of 10 because uh, uh, yeah I, I would watch it again I would like to watch it with people who haven't seen it mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah, like yeah. that's I think it's that kind of movie I don't know if I'd watch it again by myself but it's very funny um, and there are moments in it that I think are super quotable mm-hmm. and that I would like you know, I would want to watch it with with someone else for the first time, just yeah. to see them. Kind right. of like
2: Isn't it great first. to see someone react to movies? How yeah. fantastic is it that? Is. Just looking over and said, "Wow!" Like that's. The oh, best hopefully, thing. reacting positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coleman that's Domingo, good actor.
3: Good, good actor. actor. Good. Mm, very good. Like, just getting so much money from A24. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Let yeah. him lead a movie,
1: please. He, sh- he has the. He has the ability. To do please that. let him lead a movie. Grab this. Robert?
3: Also a playwright. Just good long. at everything. Good looking, handsome. Yeah. Let him, let him play. Uh, let him play uh, Apocalypse. We talked about this on the way out. of Tall,
2: you? chiseled, yeah. just all around. I was thinking just John Stewart
1: it. actually, but I. Apocalypse. I think
3: they've already cast John Stewart. Oh, who? It was the guy who was playing him in the Snyder Cut.
2: Who? Wait, oh, what? Well, he...
3: They need to cast Travante. Wait, there's, there's... John Stewart Green Lantern. Not John Stewart the
1: white.
2: Didn't guy. they cut that? They did they so, did cut so it who? so it
1: didn't even matter that yeah. they, you so had, on, we I have on, like to cut, <laughs> <all the time. laughs> the cut no of but it was on Twitter it went, it went up like pictures of him on set but anyway those are our thoughts on Zola. we're going to take our second break and Danny's going to lead us through Censor Censor <laughs> Censor <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everybody, to The Morgue. Uh, My pick for this week, I went with something a little different. I've been curating some of my favorite movies to bring onto the show, but I saw this one recently at the IFC, and I was uh, very intrigued by it, wanted to hear what the rest of my hosts here thought of it. This is Censor. It was written and directed by Prano Bailey Bond and stars, I'm going to butcher this name, Niamh Algar. Mm. It's N-I-A-M-H. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but it's about... It's it's a, a character study um, about a film center that's kind of wrapped up in the decorum of 80s and 70s video nasties. It's it's very... Uh, it, it pays close attention to detail to um, what it was like back in the day to acquire movies like this. For those of you who may not know, um, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan kind of deemed these extreme horror films uh, video nasties and anything that was gory or kind of schlocky movies like the evil dead texas chainsaw massacre um they were banned pieces driller killer which which make appearances in this movie in kind of a a sizzle reel of of splatter um these movies were like hard to obtain and you would have to go to like an outdoor vendor who had them like under a a blanket like this these vhs tapes kept them under a blanket i like You'd be like, I want the good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. give me Driller Killer. Give me Cannibal Holocaust. And, the, and they would, you know, take the blanket off and you could buy <laughs> these movies. Uh, and so I, I've, I've watched a lot of the, the banned movies from this time because I've always just been interested in, in video nasties and, like, what movies were were banned for and stuff. Uh, a lot of them are on Prime, interestingly enough. And a lot of them were not unbanned until, like, the mid-2000s. Wow. Like, The Evil Dead, the original, was banned in the UK until 2001. Um, and, and a lot of this stuff didn't see like a real shelf life until until recently. So th- this movie's kind of pulling double duty. It's it's simultaneously like you know like a historical what's the word not a period piece. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a period piece. It's about video nasties mm-hmm. and, and film censorship uh, in itself, and then it's also this character study about what consuming so much violent media kind of does to your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The film seems to really love these things, yet ultimately it concedes that consuming so much of this media is probably not good not for you. you um, so what did you guys think of Censor? Hmm. Uh, Danielle, I'll go first.
4: Um, I didn't know what was going on in half the movie, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was watching, and I just wanted something to anchor me in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point of it. Like, You're not anchored into anything really besides like her sister missing right. i guess um so i just like didn't really know what to think of it but i really liked like visually and like emotionally those like last 10
2: yeah a great minutes. final act
4: It's yeah. like that final act is like so Super fascinating good. like when she's like steps in between those lights mm-hmm. and like you realize like there's like these like multiple layers or like yeah. planes of like existence mm-hmm. happening in this Reality film, right? Dimensions. Like this, what we've been watching and what's happening yeah. now and what's happening in her head. It, it, it was really fascinating to me and I wish I had more of a, a hold on what was happening or like tracking the emotional life of that film so that could really hit me in the way
2: that i wanted it to -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely otherworldly as soon as she steps on that horror film set and and i love how the horror film set is kind of shot like it's a horror movie yeah like the the actual makeup trailer is is shot like an unnerving horror movie and then like the set is just like the director in the chair with like a a flashlight like in her face (laughs) and stuff it's totally like not even for like a video nasty they've had like sets with crew members and stuff but like it's just like a, a funny interpretation mm. of like how this prudish censor would see a film set exactly. on a horror right. film run. Like, yeah. I I I watched this last night with Danielle,
3: and I really like the visual style of this movie. Like, I think it's really interesting, and it looks like a gall- a gallo. Gallo. Um, which is really cool, and, and it has this Aspiria neon lights in the mm. last uh, act. I actually think that the whole last act is pretty fun. Um, especially those last few shots where where the the film was skipping you kind Mm -hmm. of see the real reactions Mm -hmm. it was very upsetting for me Mm -hmm. like I think that is actually like like a VHS that's scratching Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid I'd I'd watch horror movies on VHS's uh, and when they would skip and you'd be alone. It's sounds like very, the People
2: Under the Stairs by Wes Craven. Yes. It, it would skip a lot. And you'd, yeah. be, like, and you'd be like, oh God. And yeah, I, and, yeah. I,
3: and, I, and her face at the end, she's looking at us, just very, very upsetting. Really cool. uh, it's going to really upset some kid who's going to make horror movies in 20 years. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, it was like, I, I, I made a joke, Dan, that you tricked us into watching a, our second David Lynch movie. She and totally mahalong drives and it's herself. Like it's <laughs> certainly uh, David Lynch inspired, um, which means the first act I was kind of Grasping mm. at, at what uh, what the point was, um, but no, no, I'm serious. I was just I, I was kind of waiting for the movie to begin, mm-hmm. and then it then it more or less begins, and then it turns you on the side, and I like it more then. Um, mm. But I, I think the biggest weakness for me was just that I think it we're at the midpoint, and that's when things start to happen, and that's a little late.
2: Whereas Mahal Drive is is a is is that the entire time. I, I like mm. stuff that kind of takes its time to submerge you in the world mm. it exists in. I mean, you're really just kind of going through her day-to-day and watching disgusting movies and how mm-hmm. she censors them and then eventually the conspiracy, which is just delusion that that her sister is involved in this right. v- video nasty ring and, it, and it's kind of her duty as a censor to... It becomes personal for her and also it's it's work. She, she hates violent movies and she mm. wants to save her sister and in her mind she's kind of colliding Mm -hmm. these two things yeah yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I I think um, as far as my my initial thoughts about it I think what what I was hoping to grasp onto was um, was the missing sister I think that that, I mean, the movie introduces it in that dinner scene, which, like, mm. what a what a way to do that by, for her parents. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go out to dinner. We're declaring your sister dead, by the
2: way. Um I mean, well, go, how also though You can't do that over the phone. See. You can't No, do you that can. over text. No, no, but Maybe I...
4: Maybe not a restaurant. But... In public.
2: <laughs> in public, it's a little rough.
4: Um,
1: but but anyway.
2: She'd uh, been missing for, like, 20 years. Yeah. That'll yeah, uh, for like a long time. To
1: to. And, and the fact that they hadn't declared her dead at that point is yeah. also... I, I mean, I can't imagine... But I think um, I was hoping to lock onto that and and, and for that to make me uh, very sympathetic to the main characters uh, whose name I don't know not the actress but the, the main uh, characters' actual name uh, I think that what's really what's really cool is the premise I like the premise of it mm-hmm. of, uh, you know following a movie center that's yeah. something that I think is mm-hmm. really cool rather unique um, and uh, yeah we've all talked about the visuals um, uh, I definitely did feel some Lynch vibes specifically at when she shows up on set and like meets the makeup artist who's just dressed in this like I mean, it's set in the '80s anyway, but mm. she looks almost like older than than the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something about her that's a little bit anachronistic. She she,
2: she seems almost like a hold holdover '50s starlet who's exactly. been doing makeup like since then. And like exactly. the fact that she's the she's all dressed up, and in the inside of the the trailer seems kind of warm, and it's surrounded by this like shroud of darkness, exactly. like the rolling mm-hmm. fog and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. So
1: so um, yeah, it's that's another thing that's unsettling about it. Um, ultimately, I would yeah, I would I would have liked to. Connect with the main character a bit more, but I think that the movie is is cool because it's like, it's kind of
3: intentionally holding you at arm's
1: length. Not not room. only not only that, but why well, can just we mean, trust her? Right, know? right. I just mean in terms of how it like it messes with you know with video nasties and with horror movies while being one.
2: Yeah, well, so which is also something that I, it, it totally becomes like a splatter film towards yeah. uh, the 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 act. It's it's like the end of the second act where. She confronts um one yeah, the of producer, the, the yeah producer. one of the producers of uh, these these horror movies yeah. and she inadvertently kills. him. He actually lands on like the a horror statue. movie award, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. It? It's yeah. a little statuette like, and it goes through the back yeah. of his head and it, yeah. it it looks like a Tom Savini like early 80s. And then they cut away
3: effect. and they come back and it's a dummy, yeah, you know, on yeah, yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which, which I,
3: I I appreciated. You know I love I love when directors do formalistic stuff when they study mm-hmm. the form of the thing they're aping and they attempt to. Yeah. Mimic it, which is the thing I like. She's the fantastic. The thing I, I like the is mo- great. The thing I like the most about um, about Mank, a movie that none of us really love that much, <laughs> yeah. is the yeah. fact that is the fact that it's edited like a movie from the forties. Like, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah. Fincher really and paid attention, stuff, you know, and yeah. he like apparently dropped cigarettes on the film like to make it look like an old film. Wow. Um, really, yeah. yeah. So, so, but so so that part of this movie is, is something I really like, and I love. Um, the aspect ratio pushing and pulling yes Mm -hmm. that's so cool
1: Um, so cool cool. yeah there's there's something to be said for period pieces not only mimicking the the appearance of the of the period, but also like the style yeah. of of filmmaking at that yeah. time. I mean, the only thing is that it calls to attention the fact that you're watching a film. Yeah. Yes, but you know that could be a stylistic choice. I mean, the, the movie ends with a tape popping out. Yes, yeah. so yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that's kind of i mean cool. Very
3: pa- passing the movie that's about to come out later this year, directed by Rebecca Hall with Tessa Thompson does oh, a similar thing. Oh, I love thing. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she directed this movie with Andre Holland and and Tessa Thompson and Ruth Negga and. And the one of the best parts of the movie, filmmaking wise, is that it looks
1: like a nineteen twenties
3: Did you see movie. her movie yeah.
2: Christine? Where she plays that news. That oh, I've heard about this song. movie. Yes. That movie's incredible. incredible. I didn't know she
1: was a director more than she is an actor. No, she no, she no, cool. no no,
3: she she just started directing, uh, and she directed passing because she said Oh, yes. My mother is passing, so, yeah. so she there, has, she it has that there it is. There it is. Well, well,
2: Justin, with... I know that you're familiar with the um, the, the giallo um, kind of structure because you've seen Suspiria by, by Argento, yeah. so, oh, so you kind that. of mm-hmm. kind of recognize the the Bullseye. lighting and stuff. Yeah. I, I know that. Well, okay. The only real one to me is is, is the. You didn't
1: like that remake?
2: Well, I love I, that. I, I like the remake, yeah. But but like when I say that's that's the whole thing with remakes. Even if you like them, it mm-hmm. still is kind of annoying to like. Talk about a movie and have to specify it's that you're talking about one in 1970 because because yeah. when I think about Suspiria, I think about the Goblin soundtrack and, yeah, and the yeah. lighting, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the carnivalistic well, lighting, the stained, a stained a glass, glass movie and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, yeah, stylized, I, we're gonna have to do a double double up with Suspiria. Well, 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 yeah. I know that, that you were kind of mixed on like both of them when you first has has have those movies grown on you at all or um, the original is what I'm interested. Yeah. in.
1: I probably have to. I remember. I remember. The original fondly, I
2: think. I just bought the four K of it. Oh, nice the four K Blu I think in the oh, same no. way that I that
1: I'll that I'll remember this movie. Is, but I think with that one, there's there's still more of a connection for me to the main character because you know the mm, fish out of okay. water. Sure. She's coming to a new place and she's trying to be a dancer and everything. I th- and I would. By the way, I love stories that start in medias res, so I definitely don't yeah. mind that. Like this movie starts with her being a, good at her job. Like, yeah. I don't mind any mm. of that. Um. But I think, like, yeah, it's... We've looked at a lot of movies, or talked about a lot of movies, whether they've been actually the, the episode feature or just part of conversation, that have to do with, like, you know, that that psychosis or, like, yeah. the, 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 the the sort of, like, mistaken identity situation. You know, obviously, Mulholland Drive. We've talked a little bit mm-hmm. about Shutter, Shutter Island in between. And, and this is making me think mm, about those movies. Movie. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. But this is making me think about... Um, those movies more than it more than it was about Suspiria until yeah. I saw that you guys have mentioned yeah, it yeah. in the group chat. Yeah, um, it's very
3: Suspiria. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. I oh, go ahead. Oh, no, do you want to go first? I feel like I've been talking. No, you read it. It's um, I it, it, there was an aspect of this movie that I thought was super interesting, mm-hmm. and in in the because because I've done all the research on video, and I just find it interesting. Yeah. the whole video and nasty craze and Band, horror movies and stuff. There was like some murderer in the UK in the '80s who who he he was murdering women, and they found his apartment. They went into his apartment, and they found a VHS of Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And so the news, you know, the, the circus, they went mm-hmm. off the wall with. Uh, blaming the film censors for not censoring, not cutting down the movie enough. Blaming the directors of Friday the Thirteenth and shit, and and blaming the media that people consume. Do you remember with Columbine they were blaming? Oh, dude, they you were blaming are natural in born my killers. head. They <laughs> were <laughs> blaming it, the movie Natural Born Killers. They were blaming uh, the do, video game Doom. How and, often are we gonna mention Columbine? We we oh, do I mention guess. Columbine oh. quite a bit, but but it, it goes to show. I mean, it, and it starts to affect her because that happens in this movie. They they mention. The fact that a, a censor let a um a sequence of gore go on for yeah, far too long, and maybe yeah. that's what snapped someone's mind yeah. and, and and made them made them lose it, and it and it, and it like kind of gets into her head, and it's like that's that's historical, that's like yes. based in something, but right. movies get and censors, especially in that era when we were much more conservative, stuff like. Driller killer coming yeah. out where there's a shot of like a drill going into a dummy's mm. head and like the gore coming out of it. Like mm. if you didn't cut that down and someone got killed in real life by a drill, yeah. maybe you would lose your odd. job as a yeah. censor. I yeah. would, so
1: I wanted to clarify then because I meant to ask you. So all the movies that are in this movie are real. They're-
2: well, well, at at some point they're using stand-ins. I don't know if you caught this, but there was a VHS slipcover yeah. that said "Evil Dad." Yeah. Did you oh, see that? Okay. Yeah. So, to avoid so obviously, stuff, Evil yeah. Dead is like one of the more famous video nasties. It's like a classic horror film. But, like, yeah, I mean, they actually use clips from pieces where, like, the kid kills his mom with the axe. It's from an actual movie. They used a clip from Driller Killer. Um, a, f- a few of them mm-hmm. I-, I picked up uh, on. But... Uh,
3: I wanted to go back to your point about Columbine, which is the thing we cannot stop talking about. At some point, one of us is going to have to bring Elephant onto the podcast. We're mm-hmm. just going to have to have it out. Uh, but the thing I thought was interesting about the film is that the film seems really interested in, like, the idea that we blame movies for a lot of yeah, the issues of that are just societal. Like, it, kind it, of it, inherent, it, it yeah. has that... And the reason I know that this might, is probably on the movie's mind is that the Margaret Thatcher... They, yeah. they give a lot of time to Margaret Thatcher in that one scene. Yeah. S- someone who was involved with blaming, mm. like, films for, for, her, for structural issues. For her you know I mean? and Ronald
2: yeah. Reagan are, are
3: who coins the term yeah. video nasty. They, they, they have, a, yeah. they have a, an adjoining room in hell. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're one and the same uh, <laughs> business. But, but I... I I I, I found it really interesting because at the same time, there was a great uh, video essay from this guy, Renegade Cut, that I watched. And he was talking Mm -hmm. about the fact that the slasher movies in the 80s uh, were essentially uh, designed to uphold uh, Reagan-esque moral uh kind of standards mm. even though reagan often uh, not reagan himself but the reagan administration and the culture around that we like be- oh these be- movies are be- because
2: like jason murders the couple after yeah. they have sex a- and which stuff, is and which is which is very and, i mean
3: yeah. a lot of those slashers with
2: the exception of maybe some of craven's work
3: are very conservative in terms of their ethics Constant. but
2: but i know that carpenter always said with with halloween that the whole thing is that jamie lee curtis is the only one who's paying attention to her surroundings because yeah. her friends are all preoccupied with she, boys she's and also not and having sex yeah. that's that's true but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, by but, the sequel she still lives and she's had kids so I mean. that's true that it true. happened at some point she <laughs> had
3: it was an immaculate conception uh, okay. uh, but but yeah no no, no. I, I think it's an interesting thing the movie's interested in I wish uh, more horror movies were tangling with it because I think it's in the DNA of American mm. and I guess British horror is that we blame horror movies for yeah. school shootings instead of gun violence and all that stuff So there
1: is a there is an audio clip uh, at some point about like because, you know, they, they have the contrasting opinions, but they say, you know, that these video nasties are an important part of our culture because they allow us to engage with the darker aspects of our mm-hmm. personalities. Yeah. And that would, yeah. that would build up. Is that you what know,
2: the, the director's know? talking about, about horror itself? He's, he's like filming her and he's, he's talking about how I think he says something like that. That. Yeah. but there's some
1: early in the movie, too, where some, some radio voice says that. And, you know, in uh, we just mentioned in the last segment, but um, uh, that, that idea of catharsis, right? Uh, which is, you know, allowing the audience to purge some emotion by showing them a, a version of that, even if it's an exaggerated one. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's always going to be uh, a debate mm-hmm. with with violent video games, with violent movies, mm-hmm. if anything. Um, but uh, and
2: S- censorship is very topical. For I think this movie is going to age very well. I, I think, think so. because this is a conversation we're going to continue to have for a very long yeah. time. I mean, I mean since video games have gotten hyper realistic the conversation has swayed to instead of blaming saw or texas chainsaw massacre now it's like we're blaming red dead and doom you know yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah
1: exactly um and yeah i do think it is it is kind of timeless in that way because obviously this was in the 80s and we're talking about it now still yeah Yeah. um danielle did you want to say
4: i'm just like i keep thinking about like that scene where she's with the director or the movie producer of one of these films and and he like tries to assault her um and what that means in the context of this conversation right about like who's the real villain is it the film or is it but it feels like it's trying to point like it's who's making the film Mm -hmm. like why that content exists in the first place is because it's not the film that's created it's the person who's creating the film right and it becomes like a chicken and egg sort of thing. I interpreted
2: that as like it's it's playing into the unreliable narrator like he, he definitely could have assaulted her I'm, I'm sure that you know that's probably what what happened but I mean towards the point where she's actually going on to the horror film set it's like there's only the director and there's only like one makeup person mm-hmm. there's rolling fog and stuff and it's wrapped up in the decorum of a video nasty it's like this right. is all in her head and I mean it becomes much more obvious down the line mm-hmm. but like when when she's in that producer's house and he's exactly how you would think a prudish person would imagine someone who works right. in horror films to be, uh, you know, it yes, 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 kind yes, of makes yes, sense. It,
3: it, it, and then they have that wild moment where she, she, she kills the Jason analog actor playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his chest opens up and there's like teeth inside. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so God. cool! That so yeah, cool. was dope, but I was I like, I love what? that. And I watched this movie, it's another Saskaria to, to the remake when she opens up her chest and there's a yeah. vagina in yes, her chest. That's right. Which is the finale. Thank you for. Of Shakespeare. There have also been a reference
2: to the thing where like the fucking chest saws mm-hmm. oh, and that's the teeth that burst yeah Oh, yeah. that's an alien. But. But. We're just name. We're just naming, naming <laughs> oh, those. It reminds
3: me of Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
1: there's only one <laughs> film. You ever seen Schindler's <laughs> List? Several times. Uh, but I watched this movie really late last night and that, oh, the, those try. last 15 minutes definitely
2: messed with me. J- Justin, you said something. I, I, I just want to say something. Um, you said something on Leatherbox. You are like, why, why is there a real like axe on the set? Here's the thing. On, on these really low-budget movies... There's a story that Bruce Campbell tells one he was working on the Evil Dead where he cuz they find out that the only way to kill a Deadite is full on bodily dismemberment yes, yes, and yes. he has he has Linda chained down to a table. He 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 doesn't do it, but he he takes out the chainsaw and he, he he stops himself and he's about to cut her up, and he, he decides not to. But when they were shooting that scene, it was low budget, so they didn't have a rubber blade going on, no safety precautions, so Sam Raimi said to Bruce Campbell, do not fucking drop the chainsaw <laughs> whatever you do you will you will kill her do not drop the chain so that was the it was oh. it was just he had to like pinky promise her okay Betsy I will not drop the saw and kill you and that was their wow. that was their safe That's the caution. end of the shoot <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but i i did actually want to ask cuz i like I mean, I, yeah, just, I just low budget
2: horror films. So I mean, you just, would have real implements and stuff right. on set. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the. Because making the a prop is money. Props are money. Yeah. Yep. Well, who Who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was too, it was too much money to fucking rent out a convincing revolver on my on my short film I did recently. So uh, I fucking got a uh, gun for like a. Um, Oh, the gun, I to... a water gun a water oh, okay, gun yeah, and yeah. I spray painted I in, just so got a gun landlord. oh yes the one that yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that she tried so to that's music. what that's what happens
1: yeah I, I was I wanted to ask about that and I, also this is just a general like filmmaking question but in mm-hmm. terms of so with obviously with censors right like there is there's a process you want to release your film it has to go through I guess sometimes depending on the the, the audience you want to have it has to go through a censor board yeah. So then, like, how do uncut versions happen? Is that just the director financing I, I, that themselves? I think
2: it's like it, it's like a theater and like and like mass um, like like mass showing thing that something needs to be censored. But if you're spending money independently on like a, a DVD, then there can be like a couple extra seconds of like mm. love. And so there was this whole like unrated movie craze for like right. the longest time. Yo yo you got him! Holy shit! You got him! That you was He hit the ground. that was yeah. crazy. For, for everyone not watching at home, someone just broke into the house and Wes fucking smacked his His whole head came off. There was blood on the wall right now. None of us were alarmed because we knew that Wes had it. That's why when he broke in, we were still talking about the movie and he just kind of took care of it really quickly. It was great.
1: Silently came up through the fire. Escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, um,
3: Wes shut that shit down. Uh, no, but did. You're absolutely correct because I remember when I was a kid watching the Friday the 13th remake. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember I got the uncut version it was right when Mm -hmm. iTunes the iTunes store there were a
2: couple more seconds of her like in a sleeping bag burning over the fire yes and
3: there was was the the one that I remember is the, the the, the guy who plays the bully, the blonde guy who's like, yeah. cheating on his girlfriend, and then Jason sticks him on like a pike on the, mm. on the thing. Mm. Apparently, well, not apparently, I've seen it. He like <laughs> takes like a chainsaw and, and runs it from his crotch up to oh. his, jet, oh, his wow. chest. I do And in the, in the theatrical, broke, huh? and in the
2: theatrical, they were like, "You can't do that shit." Yeah. there's apparently. Um. So so Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, the New Blood, which was the one where she, he was supposed to fight Carrie. Before yes. he fights Freddy Krueger yes. and Freddy vs. Jason, the idea for part seven, the new blood, was that Carrie from the Stephen King story comes to Crystal Lake and he fights her. There was like a rights conflict, so they had to introduce a new telekinetic character who's very clearly just supposed to be Carrie. Uh. But that was supposed to be the goriest movie. And, and they spent so much money on like the practical effects, like gore effects, like cr- crazy insane effects. And then the MPAA cut that movie down so much that it could be PG 13. Because they were extra hard on Friday the Thirteenth after mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. the controversy and stuff. So so Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven to this day is the most like like G rated Friday the Thirteenth. But because when they when they shot it, it was the hardest. It was like almost NC seventeen. I
1: remember the. I, I was just gonna say I do remember even though I wasn't watching any of these movies. I do remember the unrated craze. Like I just like, yeah in, in the in the early uh, and, and
2: com- comedies had it too. Yeah, where you could exactly. see more boobs and there were more f bombs Yeah, stuff. exactly. But, which. I mean, this is a larger
3: conversation, but the movie invites it. Like, the MPAA, as, a, as, a, as a an organ- organizing group, don't even really have any hard and fast rules. Like, they yeah. have things that we know. Like, you can only say the F word once, once. Becomes, in a yeah. pg You can't show an erect penis, or it'll become NC-17. Can you
2: show a flaccid penis? You can show a, they uh, yeah, did so in Zola. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's well, four that. of them. Um, but, like, uh, censorship is... I got really is, is, excited <laughs> at the idea of being able to show flaccid penises... I was hoping no one would they, they, talk, <laughs> they talked
3: a lot about it in interviews, like, too much about it, too uh, much about those shots. Um, but the MPAA is like, a governing body and, like, censors, there really isn't any rules there. Like, there's probably rules that, like, this for that, but, like, Malcolm X is a PG-13 mm. movie, has four F-bombs in it. Like, what are the rules yeah, yeah.
1: here?
2: You know what I mean? Like, I think also something. sometimes
1: it might just come down to who's directing the thing and the, and, yeah. and if, the pull that they have.
2: If you know. Alien came out today, it would be PG-13. It would be. Because cause Alien is not a gory movie, and you mm-hmm. don't see nudity. There's no swearing. I mean, it's it's all atmosphere and dread.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the only nudity, obviously, at the time is like when she You, sh- you see an point. ass crack. But yes, yeah. you do. But she strips down at the end, and maybe that's something. But yeah, there's no sex. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, well, there is obviously the gore of the chest. The chest.
2: Because back then, that was shocking. Yeah. But now, PG-13 movies have a little bit of gore the, yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Do you
1: guys think you'd want to be movie censors?
2: No, I would hate absolutely. that yeah. I would hate, no. well, well I, I would hate to chop down someone else's work no, you know, I would what hate what to mean. take other people's work and, and cut it down and say you can't release what you worked on and what you spent money to create you know mm-hmm. that would make me I mean, you see th- this is one of the most impressive things about censor to me is that it got me to feel bad for a movie censor right. <laughs> because the filmmakers in, in interviews and stuff they only ever demonize the MPAA yeah. and it's like they only ever make them out to be the bad guys so the fact that this movie got me to empathize with a movie censor and like her state of mind and and the mental health crisis that she's having is kind of impressive to me. Because I, I started the movie ready to hate her and see something bad eventually happen to her. Yeah. And instead, I, I ended up loving her, and something bad did happen to her, and I felt bad by the yeah. end. Well, so. you know, maybe she's happy at the end. It could
1: be like a Midsummer thing, I, I, right? Marissa? I think the
2: cops shot her down, and that's when the VHS tape comes out of yeah. the player. It,
3: it's, it's essentially the St. in yeah. Where you're you're seeing it from her. Or, perspective. And that. Yeah. But well, the Mitsumar ending is is a good uh, listen, the white woman smiles at the camera ending. Yeah. It's, it's I don't, like, yeah. I don't in think Maude.
2: in Midsommar, she's delusional though. I, I, I no, think I think she's she's in she's, she's in the cult. Yes. She's yes. like I'm she's exactly sorry. She's also in Saint Maud you see her burning to death. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's it's great.
3: actually very close to the Saint Mod ending because we keep oh, yeah. no Yeah, yeah. Which makes the ending more upsetting because you're like Oh, this is fake. Yeah, <laughs> like right. this is all and fake. And also
1: the drastic color palette difference, right? It's like super cool. And yeah. Blue. It's like, it's I like love that. It looks poster when it yeah. cuts to reality. I, I there's actually,
2: even like a fake little CGI sun yeah, yeah, yeah. over yeah. the parents' house. It's, yeah. it's, it's it actually, looks like a kid show, like Teletubby, the sun coming up. In yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think the,
3: uh, horror endings that end with the character in some way believing that they're happy or content mm. is actually more disturbing. Yes. Uh, like mm. I think the ending of Mitsumar is the best thing in the movie because you're like.
2: Oh, do, oh so boy. much of the movie is boring oh, so boy. when, yeah. when non-boring stuff happens it's boring <laughs> you movie. know I
3: mean even even uh, if you go back to like um,
1: even the hereditary the
3: hereditary I mean he, he they oh, the demon the monster is Paimon happy is in his body yeah, he's happy yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's been like, reborn he, he's like hey this is great um, That's the oh, Rosemary's
2: special. baby ends with her accepting the fact that she's just yeah. birthed, birthed Damien and yeah. us us
3: ends yeah. with Lupita being like you got it. I am the other one, and I then she like, gives a little smile, <laughs> and, then, and then she looks forward. No, it's it's deeply disturbing because it's 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 like what the movie is about, it's like reality and fiction. But like the fiction is actually scarier because it's like like let's play through this thing you bring your sister back to the parents the parents are happy they right. don't ask any questions like it's it's yeah. deeply like does it, well, it's, and is, another is
2: thing it? that's perfect about that ending is is the irony that this film center is now censoring her reality and oh, seeing yeah. the <laughs> things that she wants to see and yes, censoring yeah. the fact that she's kidnapped this woman and her parents are shocked and cops are on the way and stuff and which also, is
1: what that what her co-worker says right like you'd be surprised that the brain can edit out mm-hmm. and it doesn't it, right. it,
2: and it
3: also it also like it uh it cues you up to think that there's some kind of body hopping demon, that's the thing. Because they right. have that, that murderer who for the yeah, amnesia yeah, killer yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then you assume that she killed well, she probably did kill her sister. Uh, and she blanked out for it,
2: like that's what it's killing you up. That for wasn't her? my interpretation, but that's oh. valid. Oh, I thought sure. I thought she
3: killed her sister
2: because C- she is watching the, the the video nasty, and it's kind of mirroring her yeah. memory of what happened right. to her. So maybe I'm so, not so, sure. so
3: so so I assumed the big bad was going to be some demon that makes you forget about the bad things you do, a la Conjuring <laughs> Three. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just <laughs> humanity. The horror just you. of the human mind. At yeah. the end of the day, it's just you.
2: Yeah. Well. Think Which is great. I mean, I think I like we've it. licked the plate on this. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's 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 guys. Like, how you, do, we, you, do we rate it, Daniel?
4: Um, you were not ready. I'm you were not ready. prepared. Come back to. Me. Okay. I'll
2: I'll give it a
3: I'll give it three and a half uh, Huxtable sweaters. Out of five, which is what the guy who's interested in her is wearing. <laughs> he is one hundred percent wearing. Right? He looks like uh, he to looks, to looks like
1: Cliff Yeah, yeah. Now, poor that guy was nice though. He just wanted to, you know, take her out for some dinner.
2: He's like, I, I love g- you and your terrible wig. I give it um thirteen werewolf man slash Sasquatch man slashers <laughs> out of uh, fourteen. Nice, that's yeah. pretty high. No, I have a fifteen. Thirteen out of fifteen. Okay, so.
1: <laughs> um, I think I give it like. Seven and a half, low budget. Gotta use a real axes. Out of, <laughs> out of ten, swishes. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Chest burst your faces.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like for real. For real, I don't know. Like maybe like four bad wigs out of
3: ten. Mm. Oh, it's a oh bad, so bad. bad. You want to You want to You want to know so, like, how bad that wig is? <laughs> I saw that actress in a movie that just came out with Jason Statham called Wrath of Man where he play she plays like his love interest. Oh yes. Yeah. Are you talking about interest? the redheads wig? No, the the main character's wig. Uh, huh. and I did not recognize which is maybe what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But I was the whole time I was I like couldn't who couldn't tell it was a wig. I was like I can I was like I was looking at her face I was like have I seen this person before? And I looked it up and I was like oh this is the same person. So she's so. not a brunette. I think I think, no.
4: I think she's not a brunette. She's and an I, Irish lady. I feel like it's a wig only because they left those like these strands yeah, out yeah, and that's yeah. how you make the wig look, look real? real. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Also yeah, she has short blonde hair. Yeah. Hmm. Wait, just, so you didn't like it.
4: You give it a four
2: I out of ten. Damn. <laughs> it's really low. <laughs> like, Dan, Dan is, is really Dan, low. It's like Dan, is like, Dan is like Dan is like, Well, you didn't like it? So so, so you did or you didn't like it?
4: I feel like your conversation made me like it more, which is mm. something that happens to me sometimes. If I think about something hard enough, I start to enjoy it. If I squint. <laughs> that's basically what you just said. <laughs> yeah. um, I
2: that, just, that's part of like think, movies though. I
4: mean, like what said the. To me, last night there was just like no puzzle pieces. Like I, like I felt like I just was looking for something to grasp at, like mm. clues or moments or something. But like it kept shifting. And I mean, this is probably just like her psyche in mm. general was breaking. Like, yeah, it was breaking. Like she's just like a boring sensor, and then like you know she's like this b- bad thing at work, like coincides with her sister being declared. Dead. Yeah, so that starts to like spiral and whatever, but it just felt like I was like, What is this movie? What does it mean? What is it trying to say? And I didn't get that until that that mm-hmm. last act. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. frustrated yeah. me yeah. because
4: I wanted the last act to land for yeah. me because it is because it's be so good. like like the points that it makes and the things that it says and the way that it's made, it's so well made. I wanted that to like
3: Well you, get, you said something ass. interesting about it, which is that you said that it the way it's being framed is it's it's trying to critique the way women are viewed in slasher movies. Which I thought was interesting.
4: No, I, I absolutely... and that's why I like I made the comment to you last I was like I wish a part of me had wished me wish that she black swaned it. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like when she gets to this moment where she's in between those lights and like she's like losing her mind. She can't tell what's real and what's fake and Isn't that and, what happens? She and no censor? she kills
3: and then runs off. Well you're like I'm
4: talking about censor right yeah, now. Yeah. Like that for me like was so um like fascinating this moment where she, like, she, the actress, right, in these these films that, like, are a lot of them made to punish women, mm-hmm. you know, and, part, and a lot of them, the center of the spectacle is punishing women, right. is brutalizing women, right? For, so for me, it was really fascinating as someone who's a censor who has, like, this first, this layer of, like, moral panic around these films yeah. and then is now put in the place of these women that she's watching get brutalized mm-hmm. every yeah, 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 single yeah, yeah, day yeah. It's it her job mm-hmm. right like so you have these like multiple layers of like critique and understanding and like clearly the the director's really well versed in these films right mm-hmm. because you can tell from the directing and you mm-hmm. can tell from the content of the film and so like for me that was the most interesting thing that she had done the entire film was mm-hmm. that moment and mm-hmm. when we're like really like oh she's losing her mind oh yeah. like this is this is what she's trying to say about these films and about these people and about mm-hmm. being a censor and about being an actress in this mm-hmm. world, about being a woman in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I just wish that landed for me yeah. more, and I wish I cared more mm-hmm. about the, about that character. I wish I cared more about what she was going through. I wish I could track what her, she was her going journey because yeah. I feel I feel like if she placed like small clues as to what she was trying to say. Mm-hmm. About these films in general, about women's place in these films, about censorship, censorship. And then like connected, like you watched her like slowly thread these things together until to, like, it, Hits you um, in the face, and that last act. Yeah, I think it would have been perfect. I'm
2: trying to think of ways that they could have done that m- more than than pre-no Bailey Bond is is doing, because it, because I feel like it is cluing you in that this is like an unhinged woman, and and the whole thing is a commentary on censorship, and and you know the medium of, of horror films probably not being the best thing for your brain in general. You know, so I, again, I feel like it's, it's it's doing that commentary the whole time.
4: I think it is like like I think formally like through the shots, like, you can
3: feel it. You but mean then the script. In the
4: script, I don't think it's backed
3: up. Okay. I, 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 I agree, and I, I think that the thing that really carries the film script, or what is expected to carry the film, is it actually feels very theoretical to me. Like, it feels like uh, there's a book, uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws about yeah, yeah by Carol Clover. Yeah, which is Carole an amazing Clover. book and, like, has influenced a lot of the way uh, we look at horror. Fem- feminist literature yeah, on you know, horror. It reminded me a lot of someone reading that and synthesizing it and then, the first draft of the script that has come out of it, which doesn't yeah. mean the script isn't good. I actually think the last act is very strong, but I yes. think it, there are parts of it where it's, like, very here. It's up in the head, and I'm like, I need it to be synthesized down yeah. into the guts, and mm. I don't think it's quite yeah. there yet. Um, but, or,
4: I agree.
1: Yeah, it, it's, you know what? It's, it's more of a, maybe for me, at least it's more of a heady movie than a hearty movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think for me, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it, and it's inviting me to, like, try to figure out, like, what's going on with her. I, I I emphasize with the missing sister for sure, um, but then I kind of I was I was unsure like okay like, hmm, I, which is fine. It's also what the movie's doing. But I was like okay like what what is going on with the sister? Is she alive? Is she is she is she part <laughs> of this conspiracy? I, I she, think
2: you as an audience member, they're trusting you to to put together that she's, she's dead. dead. She's been dead. But but we're in the, we're in the mind of a sick woman, and yeah. she doesn't want to accept it. And I think it's. That's, that's what and trying. it and it wants
3: you to believe that the journey of the film will be rescuing the sister,
4: right?
1: But that is just Do,
3: that. does
2: it because I, I, I think like it wants you me. to believe that the journey of the film is is basically just that her th- her her, her, prof- her profession and these things happening around her is yes. going to cause her to spiral, which yeah. is what it, from from the beginning that's what, the, inkling, the inkling that I got. Horror. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm all for these uh, these white women losing it horror movies that have been mm-hmm. coming out in the last. Hey man. Cruella. It's, it's <laughs> Cruella <laughs> That's uh, Karen. Literally,
2: a movie called Karen coming. That's
3: out. coming. On, yeah. I, I, we don't. We will never mention that movie on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the best
2: one that I've seen as far as female Joker movies go. For lack of a Female uh, Joker. It actually, kind of. is a female Joker
1: movie, isn't it? Like yes. I care a lot, um, but I think um, that does yeah, It way better than I care a lot. I our, our thought. On um, on censor, I don't. I, next in the rotation is me, but I, I haven't necessarily decided what film we'd be watching. If Go now, if if we choose to talk about Black Widow, then it would be the Villainess from 2017, okay. uh, which is a Korean film.
3: But uh, Green Knight is also coming out. Oh, when? It's coming out in two weeks. I want to take that one. I just wanted you to know. Okay. It. I already have a pairing for that. So
2: so are we doing an episode next week? Well, we, wouldn't, we may not be able to do I know, defense. I know. That's I, what I'm saying. Unless we do it early.
3: In the I, I think well, maybe but what we, we do somewhere. is we just double up. We just do uh, yeah. Black Widow and Green Knight episode back to back.
1: Sheesh. If we can make it okay, happen, we shall. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode. We thank you so much for We love us. you a visit in our humble mortuary please check oh, us out Lord. across social medias at The Media Board. Uh you can find our podcast on YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts and radios for probably um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> on the radio <laughs> and, you know, can you imagine uh, but you no know, we love y'all and um, stay tuned for the next one until <laughs> then
3: Justin Winley for Kang yeah oh
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely Justin
3: <laughs> Winley for <laughs> Iron, Man. Iron Man. and Justin
1: Winley King. for Barbie <laughs>
2: oh yeah <laughs> Justin
3: Winley for whatever the Black Ken's name is <laughs> <laughs>
1: Deuces.